It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are just over a week into Vikings training camp. We're going to give you the top five winners and losers so far of Vikings camp on today's Minnesota Sports Rankum. This is Minnesota Sports Rankum, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. It's the show that settles debates and starts new ones. It's Minnesota Sports Rankum on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I'm your host, Sam Ekstrom. I'm at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. I'm part of the Ron Johnson Show and the Minnesota Football Party here on Locked On Sports Minnesota, which you can subscribe to for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Also available on Amazon Fire, Roku, and the Sirius XM app. So many ways to watch and listen. Luke Inman, right-hand man, joins today, as he always does, Minnesota Sports Rankum. He's at Luke underscore Spinman on Twitter. He writes the NFL Draft Buzz newsletter for the Locked On Podcast Network. Luke, what's up, my man? Yeah, football's back in the air, Sam. The pads are popping. Can't wait to dive into this new top five Rankum with you today about some of the biggest winners and losers at camp this far. Yeah, let's do it a little differently today. Uh, usually we do the same list or the same prompt, and then we put together our list. Well, we're going to mix it up today. Luke, you're going to be the glass half full guy. You're going to do top five winners of training camp so far, and I'm going to be Mr. Negative. I'm going to have the losers of training camp through six practices and a walkthrough. Uh, so we got we got plenty of information, good sample size now of all these practices. We're going to dive into it, and uh, Luke will have you go first after I remind folks that this show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and get started today. And now, Luke, you can kick us off with your number five winner of camp. Biggest winner, Sam. Number five on my list. Second-year cornerback, a Caleb Evans. Hey, it wasn't long ago. We weren't sure what this cornerback depth chart was going to look like. And remember, there was a real discussion. A Caleb Evans could be anywhere from with the ones, sure, but he could be backing up guys like Andrew Booth, possibly even Makai Blackman. It was really anyone's guess. Instead, since day one, this guy has been entrenched as the number two starting guy opposite Byron Murphy in both the base and the nickel, which speaks volumes to me. And he's just clearly earned that spot and gotten in the good graces of coaches going all the way back to minicamp and OTAs hasn't shown any signs of letting it go anytime soon. It's clearly his job to lose now. And I think we've got our answer. He should officially be dubbed the team's number two cornerback for the 2023 season. Caleb Evans, almost a near afterthought, after just seven practices into camp, he seems to get glossed over a little bit too easily for me and my money. He's got to be considered a winner thus far and comes in at number five on my list. Yeah, locked in, starting cornerback. That's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go for my number five loser of camp, a guy who hasn't necessarily done anything to deserve this, but he has just been passed on the depth chart, and it's Lewis Seen. He's a first-round pick in year two. When healthy, you would hope that he's contributing. And I think that it's it's unbelievably transparent that Josh Metellus is their guy. He has been been handpicked as their big nickel. And Matt Daniels basically confirmed it yesterday. The special teams coach giving us a little intel saying Josh Metellus is preparing to play about 30 snaps a game on defense 
and 30 special team snaps. He's going to be busy, but they love this guy. And it doesn't mean they don't like scene, but they're obviously content letting scene kind of ride the bench being a, a more of an emergency player instead of being a regular contributor. So I think that just based on that alone, your first round pick not being in the mix or being in the rotation, he's probably a loser of camp. And he has made some great plays. He's gotten some compliments, but they're not using him as creatively as you might like. So Lewis seen as a first round pick, you got to have high expectations. Uh, and I think he is like kind of a minor loser of this camp. Not a huge one, but he's my number five. Yeah, not a huge surprise. Certainly disappointed to see your number one pick from last year still not out on the field starting with the ones. But I will say probably a good problem to have, having four capable starting safeties in the back end. And you just got to hope and assume, knock on wood, Brian Flores finds a way to mix and match all these guys somewhere in the defense in certain some packages throughout the 2023 season. Uh, number four on my list, big winner. Well, Sam, I, I know you in the media – have been watching these guys all the way back since what minicamp back in May, mm -hmm. but to the fans and and you know people like myself, this was our first chance to really see these guys up close and personal and evaluate them in the flesh. Nobody has wowed more people with just his sheer size and physicality than tight end Josh Oliver. This guy. He looks like a brick mattress that can run a four five five up the seam. It just looks like the part of right a massively big, massively strong player that can have a major impact in both the run and the pass game this year. Side note: Remember, this guy was the number one blocking tight end in the league in twenty twenty two. Just the other day, in fact, you said he looks like a six offensive lineman out there. So to see what makes this guy so special, and for fans now to understand the hype is real, he's becoming a low key fan favorite already in camp he's been a big winner both through the eyes of the fan base as well as the coaches who've clearly shown now they want to be able to run the ball more effectively this year and have deployed a lot of two and three tight end sets and you just know josh oliver is going to be a much bigger part of the game plan than what was originally advertised with koc's new little mcveigh slash shanahan offensive hybrid we're starting to see unfold so josh oliver coming in at number four on my list and already looks like not only a huge part of the weekly game plan during the season, but a massive upgrade over Johnny Munn as the second tight end in the office. Big things coming, I think, for this guy in 2023. Yeah, I like the way the KOC described it when he did an interview with Dan Barrero. He said, with Josh Oliver, there's some removal going on. So, like, when he's paired up with Christian Derrissaw, they are removing all of the obstructions in front of them, paving some lanes for those running backs. Uh, number four for me, this isn't a big name by any means, but to me, I, I think he's on the roster bubble. Troy Reader. Yeah, linebacker. Mm -hmm. Troy Reader brought him in, and I think a lot of people were thinking, all right, Nick Vigil. This is Nick Vigil 2.0. This is a base linebacker that's going to play 20 snaps a game, but he's going to be that veteran who kind of compliments the young Brian Asamoah. Um, and he has been a third-teamer. Uh, and you know why? Because Ivan Pace Jr. has passed him on the inside linebacker depth chart. It couldn't be more clear that Ivan Pace Jr. has found favor in the team's eyes. UDFA, undersized, big heart, though, big effort. He can blitz. He can tackle. He's slippery, as Matt Daniels said. He likes him on special teams. They like him on defense. Ivan Pace Jr. has won camp arguably as a you know i don't want to steal from your category but he's been a huge winner i think and trey reader 
he's uh it's to his detriment. I don't know if he's going to make this team or even play that much. So he's probably a loser of camp by virtue of uh this young kid coming in and balling out. Yeah, I thought he would have supplanted himself more as a backup tight end already on this second team. Remember, we did our 53-man projections just last week. I had Troy Reader making the final 53 and being somewhat of a rotational guy, especially in you know some of these th- three, four uh, you know base defensive looks. You got four linebackers out there. I thought Troy Reader would have been more a, a, a bigger part, I should say, I guess, Sam, of this defensive rotation so far. So, yeah, that's been a big surprise to see a guy like Troy die, somewhat leapfrog him in the depth chart. Number three on my list, Harrison Smith. Guy was only sent on a blitz 15 times last season, Sam. I get queasy just saying that out loud. Good news is Brian Flores led the league his last year in Miami with almost 300 safety blitzes. We've already seen in camp now just how aggressive things are going to look on defense and just how dangerous Harry still is as an in-the-box safety, Sam. He started practice the other day with back-to-back sacks, and he seems to come away with at least one interception almost every single day. And Mm -hmm. I I know we kind of all assumed when Flores was hired that Harry was going to be one of the big winners from this new scheme. But to see it with our own two eyes now, it's so clear. This guy already looks like the MVP favorite on defense, as well as a potential Pro Bowl season could be in the cards for him. So he can still blitz off the edge. He's still a ball hawk in the passing game. And it's evident now, Dirty Harry, he's going to be the centerpiece in this fast-flying, aggressive scheme in 2023, which is why he comes in at number three on my list. That's a good one. Uh, We're at the halfway point, which means I tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On, America's number one sportsbook. You can bet baseball, folks. Twins in St. Louis trying to win that series with Sonny Gray, minus 132 tonight. Bet the run lines, bet the money lines at FanDuel. If you're a new customer, get up to 10 times your initial bet back in bonus bets, up to $200 for example, you bet 20, you get 200. And that's whether you win or lose. Doesn't matter. It's yours in bonus bets. You can put that on the Vikings to win the Super Bowl. You can bet all sorts of leagues and lines at FanDuel Sportsbook, including a full slate of baseball every day. Very easy to use. Get paid when you win. Nothing better than betting MLB at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel.com slash locked on is the website. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Up to $200 in bonus bets, folks. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Number three for me, loser of training camp, Jalen Rager. This one was telegraphed, right? Jalen Naylor getting all the reps in minicamp and OTAs, bringing in Brandon Powell. It's almost too easy. You kind of expected that Jalen Rager would be supplanted, and I would say he has. He does work his way in with the twos occasionally, but what does he do with those reps? Not nearly as much as Naylor when he's healthy. Brandon Powell even has been a big performer. And Jalen Rager, I think if if he's not going to be an elite punt returner, and he was not elite last year, he fumbled too many times, I don't think he has a place on this team. Why would you keep someone who's in the expiring year of their rookie contract versus someone cheap who's got like three or four years of team control? I don't think that Rager has a spot on this team, even though they traded for him last year. It was a head scratcher at the time, and it hasn't really come together like they hoped. So I think Jalen Rager continues to be on the outs. He's a loser in this training camp. Number three. 
Boy, I know the Philadelphia Eagle fan base doesn't have a lot to really gripe about, Sam, but can you imagine Justin Jefferson on that Philadelphia Eagles team? Everybody thought that was the pick when they handed in the card. Instead, they go Jalen Rager. Uh, what a small world that he ends up with the Minnesota Vikings next to Justin Jefferson. But again, clearly, after a couple of years now in the league, he just has not panned out and not been the number one prospect that a lot of people thought he was going to be. Certainly a big loser for sure. Uh, no surprise to see him on your list, I should say that. Number two on yeah. my list, you started to mention him, kind of stole a little bit of my material, but he was one of my favorite draft picks of the entire class. So maybe I'm a little bit more biased than you, but I've been raving about this kid since the day we signed him as a UDFA. And I don't care if Ivan Pace Jr. is undersized for a linebacker because all he's done, Sam, is show the world at every level of the game, high school, college, and now you're seeing it in the NFL. This dude is a rattlesnake with pads on and just finds a way to get the job done once he's out on the field. We're only a week in, and Brian Flores has already called him out specifically by name, saying just how impressed he's been with this guy. And it's evident, too, when you see him working with the ones, Sam, the first team, that he's not only picking up the system well, but he has the talent to be way more than just a special teams contributor, even as early as this year. Uh, it's so exciting to see any rookie fly up the depth chart like he has. But when it's a UDFA, man, it, it, it's just a little bit more special because it reminds you, Sam, that there's no politics going on with this stuff. Nothing is given to anyone just because you are a higher draft pick, anything like that. It's truly let the best man win. And Ivan Pace, he just gives me a lot of hope and optimism. This guy could be not just this year, but over the next three, four, five years, a new young core piece of this defensive nucleus. Ivan Pace Jr. standing out in a big way early on and making the most of his reps and looks the part of a playmaking NFL linebacker. He comes in at number two on my list. Yeah, and let's reiterate, Ivan Pace last year in college, top graded linebacker on PFF, number one in pressures, number one in sacks, tied second in run stops, and the guy is unbelievable production-wise, so this shouldn't be a shock. Amazing how, like, two inches of height can mm -hmm. make you an undrafted free agent and fall in the Vikings' lap, and it might be to their their gain, ultimately. Uh, number two for me, the rookie quarterback, Jaron Hall. Maybe we put unfair expectations on Jaron Hall because of the uncertainty around Kirk Cousins. We thought... Maybe? Wait, maybe? maybe? You think? I think we did, Sam. I think well, we it was did. pretty unfair what we did. We did for sure. Yeah, yeah, feel a little bad about it. We owe him a, a little apology card because we thought to ourselves, what are the Vikings kind of like earmarking this guy as next year's starter? Is this a Sam Howell situation? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that was ever the case, but after a week of watching Jaron Hall, I haven't been super impressed. He's certainly not in a competition to be the backup quarterback. Uh, he is very squarely the third string quarterback really needs to play some games to give us like the best possible kind of evaluation of him, I think, but uh, overthrows interceptions, not really seeing his reads, maybe being a little overwhelmed by big defensive linemen bearing down again, his size, you know, definitely a, a, an issue uh, kind of, Kind of like Ivan Pace, you know? They got to live in this world as about 5'10 athletes. And I don't know if Jaron Hall has handled it particularly well through one week. We'll give him time. 
but I don't think he has matched any of those expectations that some people might have had. So Jaron Hall, he is a week one loser of training camp. Uh, he's got time, though, to figure it out. Uh, let's just jump right to it, Sam. Number one on my list, going all the way back to mini camp and OTAs. This guy has exceeded all expectations, and he's been about as consistent as they come. And he's picked up, too, right where he left off through the first week of training camp. And every single day, I swear it, Sam, Brandon Powell's name comes up as a guy who's out on the field making plays in the passing game. Undersized, I get it, but the guy is just so quick in and out of his breaks, so clean as a route runner, so polished. Then you add in the reliable hands, and you've got a nice veteran option now who knows this offense from his L.A. days with KOC for Kirk and the coach to use this year when needed. And I say this year because I think we've gotten out to the point where it's already a given between what he's done as a wideout and what he brings as a veteran punt returner as well, this dude has already made a case for the final 53-man roster. And up to this point, what we thought was supposed to be stiff competition between him and Jalen Rager, as you called out, for that fifth wide receiver spot and punt return job, it's turned into an absolute blowout this far and a one-man race. Brandon Powell, compared to all the expectations coming in and just how low the bar was set, at least for me and my money, I thought he'd be just a camp body. He's got to be the number one winner thus far through training camp and as a roster spot now locked up in the books in what has always been viewed as a kind of a tight, muddied race with that deep group of wideouts, Sam, after the big three. Brandon Powell, number one winner of Vikings training camp through seven practices thus far. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. He's been fantastic. And I think that the number one loser of Vikings training camp so far It's fairly obvious it's Andrew Booth Jr. He's your number five cornerback on the depth chart. Wasn't even a competition to be a starter with Caleb Evans, and now he's injured. We don't know what with, but he missed uh, two practices ago. He left early, wasn't out at the walkthrough yesterday. Not a good sign. Night practice tonight on Thursday as, uh, as you're watching this. I would guess he'll be held out of that as well. So Andrew Booth's health is now in question and it's always been in question and i mean that that really is kind of the it's almost too on the nose for andrew booth to get injured so early in training camp well we kind of all expected it and in the back of our mind maybe we said no 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 this guy's a second round pick he's got something in there he's gonna figure this out it hasn't worked out that way andrew booth jr second round pick seems to be on the outs at vikings training camp he is definitely uh, losing ground, number one loser of camp for me. Um, so my list was really, really a bummer. Your list was way more fun. I wish uh, next time I want to do the winners, okay? You got any honorable mentions in there, Sam? Here's an honorable mention for the winners. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Jaron Hall being kind of lost in the system. So that means Nick Mullins. I mean, that guy's been sweating every single night since draft weekend, worried about Jaron Hall. We got this new hot shot rookie coming in, stealing away my job. Not the case by any means. You mentioned it. Hall looks a long way from making a push for any type of backup job. And that means, I assume, barring something crazy happening, Nick Mullins' backup job, safe for at least one more season. Real quick, too, I got to give a quick shout-out. Thayer Thomas needs to be at least mentioned. He just looks like a savvy route runner, just like he was for five years in college, so has a, a huge pedigree and could be a guy 
to develop into that kind of Hunter Renfro type of target. That's who he reminds me of as that fourth or fifth passing option two, three years down the road. But definitely think he's worth a, a practice squad roster spot by the time this thing's said and done. Yeah, um, honorable mention losers for me, I would say backup defensive linemen. Um, Asesio Tomewo has kind of been invisible. Ross Blacklock has been completely invisible. James Lynch has been medium invisible. Um, you know, you know who they've given a lot of second team reps to Jaqueline Roy, mm-hmm. who we've talked about, and TJ Smith. Hmm. TJ Smith, practice squad guy last year, uh, 300 pounds out of Arkansas, seems to be getting a lot of love. Uh, it might make him at the expense of some of their, you know, James Lynch, Ross Blacklock last year, their deals. I could see them being on the chopping block too. Jonathan Bullard may be on the chopping block as well, the veteran who's on a one-year deal. Uh, those would be my honorable mention losers in that muddled defensive line rotation. Hard to make of who's going to come out of that alive on cut day about four weeks from now. Uh, that's our show, Minnesota Sports Rankum, where we settle debates and start new ones. He's Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman on Twitter. I'm Sam Ekstrom. I'm at Sam Ekstrom. We're going to head out of this and go record a full Minnesota football party with Luke Braun and Ron Johnson talking everything Vikings training camp, so check that out as well. Thanks so much for watching today. Please subscribe on YouTube. Find us free and available wherever you get your podcasts, and have a stellar Thursday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 